are you guys doing this morning? You know, um, I've, uh, I've only been a, a pastor of one church. I've, I've met a lot of pastors, and um, I guess you could say they had the privilege of being a pastor of more than one church, but for me, it's just been this one church. And so when that happens and a church really invests in you, a funny thing happens. You start to love the church, and you look at the people, and you're like, these are my people, you know? And so I just want you to remember that I love you guys. And I'm saying that because maybe at some point in the message, you might wonder if I do. And I just want you to remember that I do. So you're wondering what I'm going to talk about. Uh, You will find out soon. It might even seem like in this message I'm like criticizing the American church. And it's because I I am, you know. I I love the American church. We are a church in America. But there might be some, um, some hard words that we need to think through this morning together. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys through it all. As I read this book, and as I read about um, the, the, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul, and we're in this series where we're talking about building community and church community, it's, it's, it's weird when I read this book. Like, I, I look at the American Christian and what they think when they think about going to church. And then I read the words of Jesus and the words of the Apostle Paul. And it's, it's like, are they talking about the same thing? Because it really seems like it's so different. And um, I think there's a problem with that. And the problem is that if we're kind of, you know, we do what American Christians do and we go to church and we're kind of doing our thing, and maybe we're not very aware of what Jesus and the Apostle Paul have written and their kind of vision of church. We're kind of doing our thing. And, and, and the problem is that if we just keep on doing our thing and we're not aware of what Jesus had as a vision for church, we could totally miss out on like one of the best gifts that God wants to give you as a Christian. And, you know, um, no one wants to miss out um, you guys know what F-O-M-O is? I have some young people in my life who are keeping me cool. Um, it's fear of missing out, right? You guys, you guys knew that, right? And here's the thing. If you are an American Christian and you're going to church the way that American, oh my goodness, you're really going to miss out. You will. I guarantee it. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about. I want you to take a a good searching look at this man right here. Um, This man is Bob Ho. Have you guys seen this man before? Anyone? Yeah, I haven't either. I just, um, I Googled him. I Googled Bob Ho, and that was the picture of a man by the name of Bob Ho. You guys say hi to Bob Ho. Bob Ho is looking for a church. 
And so Bob Ho does what most American Christians do. He kind of narrows it down to a list of three possible churches. And then he goes and he spends time in each church. And as he's sitting in each church, he's kind of evaluating things. Do I like the worship? Do I like the speaker? And maybe he's got kids. Do I like children's ministry? And he looks, looks around. And I, Do I like the people? And then he goes to the second church and third church. And he's still kind of assessing his needs and evaluating. And then finally, Bob Ho makes a choice. He's like, this is going to be my home church. And so... Bob Ho has chosen to go to a home church and we're like, woohoo! And there's Bob Ho. Now, Bob Ho, he's a good guy. There might be a lot of Bob Ho's here. Bob Ho is the person that wants to serve, so he's looking like, where can I serve? And then he's talking to, like, Warren, and Warren's like, hey, there's a place for you on, on the ushering team. And Bob Ho says, great. So he comes once a month, and he's very friendly. But you know, once a month, and you're serving, you feel like uh, you're not really getting to know people on a deeper level. And Bob Ho is really busy. How many here is not busy? He's got kids, he's got, you know, Sports and that team, and then there's the PTA at school, and there's stuff responsibilities at work, and then he's got relatives, and they got reunions, and so many groups are just pulling for his time. And so Bob Ho can probably just come to church maybe like twice a month. But there's a growing sense of dissatisfaction with how Bob Ho is feeling about church. And he's looking around. He's got problems. We all got problems. He's got this addiction that he really wants to drop. And he doesn't feel like he can talk to anyone about that, you know. And he's got aging parents. And he's got stuff at work. He's just got burdens. He wants to talk. But he's looking around. He's like, I don't really got people I can talk to. So this is what he does. He checks out a home group. But again, he's busy. And you miss one home group because they only meet twice a month, and you just, you, you, and so he just dropped out. But Bob Ho is feeling like, you know, I don't have friends here. I'm so disconnected. I don't even know if people would notice if I don't even come on Sunday. I don't feel known. I don't feel loved. I don't feel valued. And so here's the thing, Bob Ho is like, I have chosen a home church that best suits my needs. But inside, Bob Ho is like, I, it's not really doing it for me. I'm not really satisfied with church. And then Bob Ho goes, you know, maybe I should look for a different church. Now, it, how many of you can, oh, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you can, you're, there's a little Bob Ho in you. And you've had a similar experience, and maybe, it's, uh, maybe you can relate to... No, here's the good news. If you can relate to Bob Ho, here is the good news. For you this morning, or at least part of the good news, the good news is that when Jesus thought about going to church, he wasn't thinking about how American Christians go to church. He wasn't thinking about that. Jesus had a very different vision. Now, if you really look at how Bob Ho goes to church, what is, what is he? he? He's a consumer of a program. Is that very satisfying? I mean, uh, um, Amazon is like a program that you can, I mean, do you have a love relationship with Amazon? Actually, some of you do, <laughs> right? Bob Ho is a consumer of a program. Is that the way that Jesus wanted us to go to church? And the answer is no, 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 no. Imagine Jesus going, no, 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 no. No, imagine Jesus going, let me tell you what I think of church, right? 
Now, don't, don't, just, take, don't just take my word for it. Um, let's, let's open up the word of God together, and let's go to Mark 3. And Jared, maybe a little bit more juice would, uh, and I'll be your best friend. Uh, go, let's go to Mark uh, chapter 3. Okay. Uh, I am not going to cover this scripture exhaustively, but there's a very big point, and I'm going to make the big point, and hopefully we're just going to keep on moving, okay? Now, I want you to imagine the scene. Jesus is at someone's house, okay? And so let's do this, all right? I want you to imagine the scene. There's, there's a bit of a circle and Jesus at someone's house, he's in the living room, you guys are on couches, Doran, there's, you're looking at me, I'm looking at all you and your faces, right? And we're just having a great time. Jesus is having an amazing time with people, right? He, he, he's, he's teaching the word of God and they're looking at him and they're connected to every, and there's hunger. And, and Jesus can see the hunger in their, in their eyes, you know? There's connection, there's laughter, there's tears, but these people are hungry for more of the kingdom of God. And Jesus, you know, it's a great, it's a great small group time. And then suddenly, like, around over here, you hear kind of like a knocking on the door. And then the host, like, kind of runs, runs up to the door. And then you hear this, oh, and then, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, okay. And then, and then the host comes up to Jesus, 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 your mom and your brothers are right at the door. Now, what would you do at this moment? I know what you would do, right? What's the most kosher thing to do? You look at your small group, you go, hey, guys, mom's at the door. I got to go, right? Mom's knocking on the door. And mom probably actually travels days to get there. Days to get there with the brothers, right? Mom's at the door. I'll see you guys. 20 minutes, I'll be right back. And you go. Jesus doesn't do that. What does Jesus do? Don't tell your mom what Jesus does, okay? What Jesus does is he looks at the faces of the people in the room, in the small group. And then he, he asked, like, I don't know, maybe like a rhetorical question. Like, well, let's talk about this. Who is, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And then he looks at the people. He looks at their faces. There's their connection. There's the joy. There's that sense that they have toiled together. They're looking at him as the Messiah. And then he, he amaz, amazing thing. He goes, right here, right here, here's my family. Here is my mother. Here are my brothers. And then he goes, and here are my sisters too. Whoever does the will of God is my mother, is my brother, is my sister. When Jesus talked about church, can you just, you can, you can feel like the palpitations of his heart. No, he loved his mom. He loved his brothers, but how much more did, did he love his church family? Uh, do you see the passion there? Do you see the priority? You, you see, for Jesus, going to church was never like being a consumer of a program. It was being a member of a family. It was like coming home. It, it's, it's pretty intense. Uh, I... Let's do this. I don't think I've met you. What is your name? Donna. Donna, can you stand up, Donna? Yes, hi. Okay. I'm going to give you a little hug. Okay. I've never, have we met? Well, I don't think we've met. Okay. You didn't know I was going to do this today. Um, 
Donna is my sister. You might be a little bit tiny older than me. I might even think you maybe older sister. Mm -hmm. Okay. Older sister. All right. So we've never met, but she's my sister. We have so much in common, like 90%. And I don't even know your life story. We had that 95%. Same Lord, same master, same mission, same love, same care. We are connected. And here's the thing. Donna is going to be with me for eternity. How do you feel about that, Donna? I feel good about that. <laughs> wow, you said that with a conviction. I like Donna. She's awesome. Grant, can you stand up? Oh, don't worry. This man right here is my brother. Just stand up. And Calvin, can you, st this man to us, he's, you know, he's grandpa right there. <laughs> Joking, that was mean. Okay, no, no, he's, he would be my older brother, right? And, and Grant, you can, and Pam, can you, Pam, Pam, Pam's your, you guys, Pam is your auntie. She's Auntie Pam. That's auntie, that's wavy. She is the nicest, sweetest, most prayer. Have you gotten to know Auntie Pam? She's awesome. You, can, you, you cannot wait to get to know Auntie Pam. But I just want you to look around. You guys, when Jesus says, look right here, do you understand what's happening every Sunday? Do you understand who we are? Jesus is like, we're the true family of Jesus. That means we're brothers. That means we're, that was, we're connected. Do you, do, you, do you understand that about church? Do you understand how much Jesus loves his church? Do you understand what you're a part of? Every Sunday morning or when you get together for a college fellowship group or a home group, you are getting together with your true family. That's oh, a big deal. Big deal. It's a big deal. I, I can't not talk about this. When Sharon Chin was diagnosed with stomach cancer, uh, no, one, no one told me to feel bad. Like, Andrew, as a pastor, you should feel <laughs> I just felt bad. When she died, no one told me to cry. I just, I just kept on crying. I just kept on crying. Uh, when Sharon was diagnosed with stomach cancer, uh, she had this home group community, and they, they, they rallied around her. Uh, they, would, they would fix meals for her. And, and Kevin would leave a cooler so you can just come by and drop off a meal, right? And <clears throat> there were prayers and cards and origamis and emails and texts. It even got to one point where I think Kevin had to be like, hey, you guys got to, like, chill out with the text. You know, it's, it's just too much because, you, you know, Sharon wants to respond to everyone and she needs to rest. There was a cleaning crew that came to her house. You see, when, when Sharon got sick, we, we all got sick. And when the family suffered, we, we all su suffered. And you know why? It's not because she was a consumer of a program. It's because she was her sister. And she was like my mother. And we loved her. I'll tell you what happened. There was one time, um, it was after uh, Sunday service, and our home group was in the back, and they're all praying for Sharon, like big prayers and small prayers, and we're crying out to God, and, and, we're, we're, cry and we're crying, actually. There's tears, and people are just surrounding Sharon. 
And then Sharon started to pray. I'll never forget this prayer. She said, uh, Lord, I don't know what I've done to deserve. And then her voice became shrill and she started to cry. But I, was, I felt so like, connected to her, I felt like I could finish her sentence. Because I was asking some of the same questions. Like, Because she's such a godly woman. Like, I, what, Lord, what has she done to deserve this? This cancer. But, but that's not what Sharon was praying. She was praying, Lord, I don't know what I've done to deserve these friends. She said, I, I can't believe how well they've loved me. <laughs> you guys, church is not a program that you consume. You're not consumers. You're members. You, you, your brothers and your sisters. This is yours. I would say even as far as one of the reasons that Jesus died on that cross is so that we could be his family. He paid for this family with his blood. And my question for you guys is how much do you love this family? How committed are you to this family? Uh, here's where I'm going to start um, talking very practically and uh, I need to do this, you know, from time to time. You know, in the epistles, uh, Paul would go like, okay, now I'm, this is a word for children. And, and he would go, okay, now this is a word for, like, you know, uh, employees and servants. You know, in the same way, I'm just going to do that now because we are a, a different sort of groups of people all in, in one church. And our church is very intergenerational. And I kind of know where you all sit. So I'd like to talk to the college students for just a little bit. Can you just wave at me, hello? Hey guys. Now, let me, let me, let me say this. I, 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 get, I get college students, because I used to be one. You know, like just a couple years ago, I was a college student, right? I was there, I was there. Um, and, and, and I get it, I get it. Like, you're involved in many sort of different activities, and on Sunday morning, you're like, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine being a consumer of a program. I have no problem with that, you know, and you're making me feel bad right now. Okay, and I, I, when I was in college, I was, I was a consumer of different programs. And I, and I get it. When you, when, when you graduate, you kind of go where the job goes, or you go back home. I get it, I get it, I was there too. But, if church is not a program, and it's family, okay, then here are two ways that you can apply that principle. Uh, number one, join a college fellowship. Now, again, can I have, like, freshmen just kind of wave your hand at me and say hello? Okay. Hey, guys. Now, I, I, no, I get that, that in, in, uh, when you're a freshman... You're, you're choosing between this college fellowship or this college fellowship or none at all. And you're like, should I go to this one or should I go to this one? And the answer is yes. Go to one. Go to one. Prayerfully uh, pray about it. Talk to trusted advisors and choose one. And then you commit and you make that 
fellowship your priority because that Jesus is family. You make that your priority. You keep on going. Now, you know there's going to be other groups that are just pooling for your attention. You're going to be divided. But I would advise you to give first priority to developing relationships in God's family and doing God's will together with them. First priority. Okay. Second recommendation is like, well, let's say you choose Christian Layman Church to be your home church and you attend on Sunday mornings. Okay. I'm just going to make this person feel very... Pam, could you stand up again? I, I know. The last time, last time. I'm just going to ask you to say something for five minutes. I'm just kidding. Okay. You can see Pam loves the attention. Uh, Pam is an auntie. There's a lot of aunties. Uh, uh, Pastor Calvin is an uncle. There's a lot of uncles. These are your aunties. And these are your uncles. Because we're one church. Now I get it. Like in the fellowship hall, you came. You know, it's more comfortable to sit with your friends. And you know, you guys sit in your circle. And I get, I get that. I get that. But so this is, this is just one suggestion. How about every Sunday... Talk to one uncle or one, do you know how awesome Gordon Wong is? He is an amazing uncle. Everyone should talk to him after church today. Right there, that man right there is an amazing man. I could do this for all, all the, Milton is, I could do this for many, many people. But do you know what you got that's right here for you? Take advantage of it. You know, go, go there and meet one. I know it's going to be awkward, like Pastor Andrew sent me here. Hi, what's your name? I know, it's weird. But if you do that again, next Sunday, will it still be weird? Yes. Okay, but three Sundays from now, will it still be weird? Less weird. And then it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Okay, now I'm going to talk to a lot of people who are over here, some people who are over here. Some of you can really relate to Bob Ho. You know, you're like... You're going to church, but you don't really know people on a deeper level. And my, my advice to you is join a group. If you look in your bulletin, there's a bunch of home groups. How about you choose a group? Look, it's really not very easy to, get, to connect like family um, on Sunday mornings if you're only here like twice a month. But maybe you're here religiously. Every, it's still hard. To get to know people when you're with 100 different people. And that's partly why we have home groups. Smaller groups meeting regularly. So you can really get to know people. Now, look, maybe you're like, you know, I, I've done it before and nothing really stuck. Yeah, I know life gets busy. You got to make it a priority. You have to make it a priority. You have to be like, and this was my mindset. When I first came to Christian Layman Church, I was part of Yan's home group. Yan's right there, okay? And I was 20 at the time, and Yan had to have been 40. No, I'm kidding. He was 30. He was 10 years older than me. In fact, I think the closest person to age uh, with me was five years older. And I was like, this is weird, you know? Like, as in college, a five person five years older is a graduate, you know? And so who is Yan, right? But I was committed. I'm like, I'm going to keep on coming until this man feels like family. And I did. And he did feel like family. And we're brothers, right? And actually, that group, we would hang out like four times a week, you know? But eventually, he was family. You got to commit to it. You got to give it priority. You got to work on it. 
Now, what about this? 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 I know that people are in a different life stage, like maybe you got kids and you got responsibilities. And so you're, you're, look, you're looking at people over here and you're like, oh, man, those days. Actually, you don't want to do that? Look over there and just be like, oh, man. Remember those days? Remember we had that thing, what do you call it? Free time. Remember? Remember that? Remember how good that felt to have? And, and here's the thing. When you're in college, you're with homogeneous people, same life stage, same issues, right? And you just relate. It's an incredible com community for a lot of people, right? And you're, you're looking back at those days and like, man, stuff right now just doesn't compare. I get that. I can totally relate to that. But you guys, we have to build with what we have here. We have to invest. And I do think, I do think that if you are intentional, that if you really cultivate, you give this community your first priority, you fight for community, it will be sweet. It will be satisfied. Not maybe like four times a week, but it's going to be sweet. And it's worth fighting for. This family of Jesus is worth fighting for. It's worth giving priority over other things for. All right. Now, do you remember when I was saying, uh, remember I love you? Okay. Uh, actually, maybe we can do a little call and response, and then you call back and say, yes, we know you love us, Pastor Andrew. Ready? I'm just joking. Um, I'm going to talk to the parents right now. I'm going to talk to the parents right now. But that doesn't mean that you all right here fall asleep, okay? No, 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 no. It means that, I don't know, maybe one day you'll be parents or take the principle out of this. I think it totally applies. But I want to talk to the parents right now because we got some pretty deep issues that we need to discuss. And remember that I love you as a pastor. Parents, can you all wave at me? Okay, there you go. Hey, guys. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to remind you, or I want to give you this perspective, that our number one responsibility as parents is to prepare our kids for the day that they will stand before a holy God. That's our first priority as parents. Now, I guarantee you on that day, God will not ask your kids did you make it to Stanford? You know God does not like Stanford. <laughs> he is not going to ask your kid that question. Amen? He's not also going to ask your kid, did you make it to the varsity basketball team? Or did you make it into this program? Or did you have a house? Or were you successful? He's not going to ask any of those questions. He will want to know if, what your child did with Jesus. And so are we preparing every day for the day that our child will stand accountable before God? In glory or in judgment? You know, there, there's, there's a strong correlation to loving God's church and, and loving God. There's just a strong correlation. Uh, a quick story, one time I was taking a walk, and I'm like, Lord, I love you. 
is there anything I can do for you? I, I know that's weird up theology, but I, it's just what I said. I'm just sharing with you what I said. And I think I heard something from the Lord, but I tested it with scripture. And I'm pretty sure it's from the Lord. And basically, I felt the Lord say, spend your life on loving my church. And I just felt like, wow, God loves his church so much. He loves you guys so much. If I spend my life on God's church, I will not regret a single day. Now, here's my question for you parents. Are you raising kids who love God's church? Because if you are, then they're going to love what Jesus died for. They're going to love what Jesus loves. Or are we contributing to them one day leading the church? Here's a, here's, a, here's a bunch of stats that's going to depress you. But it, it's, it just needs to be shared. Uh, right now in America, 80% of all the churches in America are either plateauing or they're in decline. 80%. There's at least two reasons why, but one of the reasons why is because young people are leaving in droves. Two-thirds of the next generation that went to church are no longer going to church. Now, let me just, this is just an aside. The, the people right here coming to our church is amazing. We love, we love having them here. And it's incredible that they're coming to our church. Parents, are we contributing to our kids one day leaving the church? Let me, let me put it this way. Is Sunday morning like the ribeye cap steak of your week? Or is it like the vegetables that you kind of have to go through so you can get to the good stuff, like basketball? I uh, heard a message by Pastor Kyle Shimazaki, and I was so convicted by this message. I'm like, I, I have to like, repeat this message verbatim to our church because I love you guys. But, but, but one of the things he was saying is that on Sunday morning or on, for pods or whenever there's a get-together of God's family for kids, if there is like a sporting event or like a game and it's going against God's people getting together to worship, which one normally wins? Which one do we actually prioritize? And if we keep on making the decision, well, I guess you're going to the game then aren't we saying that church really isn't a priority at all, that it's vegetables that you just kind of have to go through so you can get to the really good stuff? And if we are teaching that to our kids, and then they go off to college one day, and then they announce that they're leaving the church and they're, they're no longer following Jesus, and we're crestfallen and we're crushed, but are we surprised? Are we surprised? Now look, I'm not saying that you take your kids to the church and they're going to love the church for the rest of their life. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that if you prioritize sports, they won't wind up loving God's church later on. I'm not, say, I'm not saying none of that. And I don't want to be legalistic about this. I just want to be a loving pastor sharing things that need to be shared. But, but listen to this. Don't you want a parent without regrets? Don't you want to say in what I taught and what I modeled, I modeled God first and loving his church. We don't want to be people who have contributed to them 
one day growing up and leaving God's church. Right? So this is heavy. But again, know that um, I love you guys and know that there's room to process. Now, this would be my encouragement for, uh, for parents. I was talking to a loved one and this loved one said to me, Andrew, do you really think that by talking about this, parents who have been doing this for years and years are really going to change? Do you really think that's going to happen? And I said, no, I don't. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking, then yes, I do. This, this is my suggestion, okay? These are my suggestions. I would suggest that you go home, you sit your kids down, and you talk about prioritizing God and worshiping God. And you talk about idols of the heart and how we need to clear our hearts of everything that would challenge the Lord. And then I would also suggest, this is not legalism, not a commandment from God, I would also suggest that you go with the child and you talk to the coach. You say, coach, we love being on the team, we're committed, but if there's any games on Sunday morning or if there's any games when my kids meet together to learn about God's word, worshiping God is going to come first and we won't be able to come to the games. Now, my... Um, Son, we, we did this with the coach, and I don't, he wasn't like giving us high fives, but he, 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 he took it. And um, then, so Ryan in that season, I think he made it to two games. And, uh, and then I started to realize, oh man, he's not going to be the next Steph Curry. But that's okay. I want my son to stand before a holy God and say, God, I love you. I received the sacrifice of Jesus for my sins, and I love your church. Parents, isn't that what you want your kids to say? Please do not receive this with condemnation or judgment. I know maybe that's inevitable. And please don't feel like, oh, it's too late, it's too late. No, it's not too late. God is so good. God is a God of grace. God is a God of second chances. He can do amazing things. But if I had this burden on my heart and I did not share it with the church I love, then shame on me. I love you guys. And in a lot of ways, we as a parenting community can do better. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's have those conversations. You guys, with this series, we are giving an invitation to people to invest in at least two ways. Number one, join a group. Number two, go deeper. You can do both. But God has called us to be a part of something amazing. Who's going to say, wait a moment, Lord? Who's going to say no? Who's going to say, no, I just want to be a consumer of a program? Let's do it. We don't have time to waste. I'm done. <laughs> uh, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you that you are a God who um, is filled with such a dynamic love. And sometimes it feels like that love is so 
soft, like an ocean, you can swim in it. And sometimes it feels like that love is hard and it's corrective and it disciplines, but it's your love nonetheless. We have some places to grow and I've said some hard stuff. And I pray that what you want will stick and what is not from you will unstick. But I know there's ways that our church can be more healthy and more God-centered and so you must do your thing and speak to our people. We love you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for us. And we give you our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.